On this episode of AvTalk, our quickest 737 MAX update yet. Protesters snarl traffic at Hong Kong airport, and the internet makes a thing out of nothing. Part the infinity. Hello and welcome to episode 64 of AvTalk. I am Ian Pechnik here, as always, with... Jason Rabinowitz. Hello, Ian. How are you? Hello, Jason. I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. And after you told me that this is the episode no one will listen to because everyone's on vacation and I'm not. I, yeah, I, I get a little, a little disappointed when that happens to me, too. Yeah. Well, we can say whatever we want about whomever we want this episode since no one's listening. So why don't you air your grievances? <laughs> I got a lot of problems with you people. You're gonna hear it. Yeah, no, this is the the end of August or the middle of August episode is is generally the episode where we see a bit of a drop off in, in listenership, mostly because all the fine people who are, are normally listening to this are, are somewhere off enjoying themselves in other ways. So for all of those who won't listen to the podcast because you're on vacation and things like that this time around, we hope you're enjoying yourself. For those or if you're of you, listening like six months from now in the middle of the winter, uh, good for you. <laughs> Thank you for picking the, the archives back up. For those of you listening who are not on vacation, we are sorry and we hope you are on vacation sometime soon. We feel your pain. We do indeed. But there is still much to discuss. Where do we start? Because uh, things keep happening. Let's start with, how about this? Let's talk about 737 Max. Get it out of the way. Okay. Um, okay. Let's do our bi-weekly update. Is it approved for commercial flight yet? It is not. Okay. Next topic. No. Right. no. Good talk. There's still, there's still more to talk about. There's still more to talk about, but not nothing has really changed. There's just a couple things of note. Muhlenberg earlier last week said that they're still targeting the fourth quarter for a return to service. What's interesting from a flight tracking perspective is that the 737 MAX 7 flight test aircraft, which is the, the Boeing 737 MAX that they still have, is flying again. And so it last flew in June, and then it took a couple flights last week, and that it's uh, back to work, I guess. So if you're looking to, to follow along with any of the test flights there, you, you can follow along with that particular aircraft, and that registration is November 7201 Sierra, so N7201S, if that's what you want to track. And that leads us into our other favorite topic, Norwegian Air. Oh, Norwegian. What, what do we got going on now? So let's see. They had one of its actually working 787s barfed up engine parts all over uh, all over the Italian coast. Their 7.3 Maxes are obviously still grounded along with everyone else. And they've called it quits on flying narrow bodies transatlantic, haven't they? Yeah, that so citing the the max grounding, they have said that they are done flying from flying their their Irish routes to North America. And a big part of that has to do with the 737 Max. I, I think there's a little bit more to it than that. Yeah, that that's definitely not completely it. It's also about connectivity. There just wasn't a ton of connecting options on the other end in, in Europe for passengers coming from the US as opposed to uh, some of the airlines, the other airlines that do narrow body 
transatlantic flying like Aer Lingus, you can connect through Dublin to a whole bunch of cities throughout Europe. It's disappointing for a lot of these cities that had the service from Norwegian, like Stuart up in uh, maybe not upstate New York, but north of Manhattan somewhere that I, I don't know, I'm not ever going up there. But um, <laughs> those who were flying Norwegian out of there, it, it's pretty disappointing for them because that was their their sole international flight option. Yeah. And and so, there, there, you know, some smaller, I think it was at Providence was one of them. And, and so, so not small airports, but smaller airports that were seeing decent service are, are going to lose that. But certainly, as you mentioned, the, the 737 MAX, while cited as the, the reason, probably wasn't the, the only reason. Yeah. It's disappointing. But if Norwegian wasn't making any money off the operation, it's wise of them not to continue operating those flights because uh, money has always been a problem for them and, and I would like them not to go out of business anytime soon. And, you know, we, we keep coming back to this as, you know, time and again, um, but they, they seem to be, you know, responding to, we'll call them market forces I or guess, something. I don't know. Norwegian is, is just been troubled with its long haul operation from day one, usually through no fault of its own. But recently, like I mentioned it, uh, one of its 788s took off out of uh, Rome, and like I said again, its its engine barfed up pieces all over the place. So yet another Trent 1000 engine issue, I guess. Awesome. But they also had, I think, a 789 in Gatwick back up into a, a blast fence, and that did all sorts of damage to the, to the APU section of the tail of the aircraft. So... They actually operated the high fly A380 to Boston. I, did they ever actually operate that flight or did they, did they scrub that? No, it, it operated. It, it went. That's good. It was like a, a day and a half late. I, yeah, I think it was a 12-hour delay. So, But I mean, you know, it, it, they got it done and, and then it went back to it went back to wherever it lives. Hey, high fly took its first A330 Neo. I'm sure that will be finding its way to a Norwegian flight near you sometime very soon. Exactly. I mean, if there's one thing you can count on, it's when flying Norwegian, you might get a high fly aircraft. Yeah. And I speaking of high fly, I saw that Orlando op- reopened one of its brand new uh, refurbished, resurfaced LED infused runways. And let's hope high fly doesn't get anywhere near it. Yeah. We, we're, <laughs> for, for, those, for those just joining the program, well, actually, uh, over a month ago now, a high-fly A340 dumped fuel on the runway. We talked about that in, in the last episode. So they're still trying to figure out why that happened, or if they're not trying to figure it out anymore, we're still waiting for them to tell us why it happened. But that that will be an interesting report to read about how that was even possible. Yeah, and if you do happen to end up on that A330 Neo on Norwegian, you're in for a pretty sweet ride. They released some photos of the interior, and it is Way too nice to be operating for Norwegian. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the one thing. I mean, we talk about it kind of goes both ways, doesn't it now? Because you think you're going to get on a, a 787 with Norwegian, which is, you know, reasonably nice. Yeah, uh, they're perfectly fine they're, for the they're, price. They're, they're brand new. And then you end up, you know, on either a Euro Atlantic 767, which was maybe one of the first few off the line. 
or you end up on you know a brand new A330. It's like who knows which way things you, could you go. You truly don't know. You can end up on some of the worst of the worst flying aircraft in the world, or some of the best and the newest, an A380 that used to belong to Singapore, or a brand new A330 Neo. It's luck of the draw, and I know some people who have won the lottery in that, and I know some people that have lost the lottery on that. So uh, you pays I guess, your monies and you takes your chances. Yeah, you got to get lucky. Oh boy. Well, we'll we'll leave Norwegian alone for now because they they seem to be doing you know reasonably good things and and we'll we'll come back to them in a future episode, I'm sure. So one of the larger effects on traffic this week have been the the continued protests in Hong Kong. I did, can't remember uh, off the top of my head if, if we talked about this even. A little bit in the last episode because Don't there was a, so. a strike that took place on the 5th of August that forced the cancellation of a couple hundred flights. But that was mostly due to who is taking part in the strike and, and some, some operations folks and some air traffic control folks in Hong Kong. But the latest protests have seen just folks blocking the airport's ability to operate check-in desks and security screening and things like that. So on the 12th of August, we're recording on the, the 14th of August, where things have been relatively quiet today. But the 12th and 13th of August saw extensive uh, disruptions. On the 12th, 284 flights canceled at Hong Kong. And on the 13th, 326 flights canceled. And about two dozen diversions of flights to Hong Kong on both of those days. Right. So a pretty significant impact looking at how many flights were canceled compared to uh, how many flights are scheduled to operate. Hong Kong operates, I think, somewhere in the thousand flight a day region, maybe a few more than that, uh, then it might be up to 11, 1200, but not an insignificant amount of flight uh, disruption there over the past couple of days. Yeah. So uh, as our friend John Ostrower likes to say, is that there's always an aviation angle and that the protesters in Hong Kong were looking to exploit a weakness to have the, I guess, the, the greatest international impact. And turns out that's usually the airport. You shut the airport down and you kind of shut the city down. And that's exactly what they did. They packed the terminals full for a few days, clearly made global headlines, not that they weren't already, but a lot of airlines kept it a little conservative. I know Qatar had like a 12-hour flight, Doha to Doha. They turned around halfway. Scoot, I think, sent a few flights back to Singapore. Um, but for the most part, most flights did operate as scheduled. There were, I guess, a couple banks of Cathay flights that only operated with connecting passengers. So you couldn't actually get into the departure hall, but flights that passengers that had come in off inbound flights that were connecting were allowed to make their connecting flights, but it's been quite a scene there the last couple of days. But I believe the airport actually has an injunction to prevent the protesters from entering the airport. So things should calm down there a bit. But I wish Hong Kong the, the best of luck and hopefully they get a, a good outcome in this situation. Yeah, I mean, it was the disruptions to the airport were, were actually very interesting because, I mean, the, the, the strike on the 5th was kind of an operational thing. And then this became uh, protesters just occupying the arrival hall and, or the departure hall and, and preventing flights from operating. So, like you mentioned, a few, a few aircraft that were inbound just said, we're going to turn around. But what was interesting to me was, was the number of 
airlines or flights that that operated with a bit of a disruption. But and, and I think this uh, our friend Seth Miller was noting this is that there were some airlines that just they didn't issue any waivers, they didn't say anything, they didn't make any notes about it. They said flights operating just fine. Come get on the plane, let's go. Yeah, I'm kind of alarmed a bit that airlines have not all pretty much uniformly issued change fee waivers or, or free cancellations at this point because Hong Kong is not a city I would like to take a vacation in right now. I love Hong Kong, but it is not somewhere a tourist should be looking to, to head to during the middle of this um, since the protests are so dynamic and, and widespread and disruptive. Not saying that's a bad thing. They got to do what they got to do, but it, it's not somewhere for a vacation right now. That's a very fair point. Before we leave this, in reading about the Hong Kong airport, I came across a list of of airports worldwide. And there is a aviation fun fact. There's an airport in Alaska called Ice Kong. Ice Kong? Like King Ice Kong? Kong? Like King Kong, but just Ice Kong. Yeah, that, that's all I got. Where is it? It's in Alaska. Where? I didn't get that far. Oh, come on. Now I got to look it up. You, Who it, flies see? there? Who? What, what airline operates to Ice Kong? Jim's Backwood Cessna on skis airline. Well, I typed Ice Kong into Google Maps right now, and I got five um, ice cream shops in the New York metropolitan area. So uh, it does not recognize Ice Kong as an airport. Well, there you go. Let's see. What else should we talk about? How about someone who did something they shouldn't have? What did I do? All sorts of things, but that's a different podcast. So we talked about a Shaman Airlines uh, 737 in Manila had a runway excursion. This was last year. And so they've issued their report in the Philippines. And it turns out that the first officer told the captain to go around twice. While in the air. While in the air. And then once after touchdown... And there are two other go-around calls after touchdown. And the captain just said no. Nah, not going to do it. And then the aircraft rolled off the runway. Should have done it. Should have gone That is a a massive failure of CRM, which stands for Crew Resource Management, where you have one pilot up front saying this approach is unstable, we should go around, and the other pilot saying, screw you, I don't respect your opinion here, which is not the way that's supposed to happen. And that's been a big problem in the past with a a number of airlines, particularly in in Asia. Uh, Korean Air had a big crew resource management, I guess, back in the 80s and 90s. And they went through a lot of retraining to to remedy that because it was a cultural thing. But this is just simple stuff that we shouldn't be seeing in this day and age, where if one of the pilots up front says, go around, there shouldn't really be a second word about that, I guess. I'm probably going to get yelled at by a bunch of pilots, but- Podcast um, at fr24.com if you would like to yell at Jason. Yes, CC me on the email. But yeah, when you have one pilot saying multiple times, go around, we're on an unstable approach. I mean, how how do you, uh, as the pilot flying, not- do that. Uh, thankfully, there's the the cockpit voice recorder, and the the co-pilot's probably gonna hopefully keep his job and not get in much trouble here. While the pilot flying is probably gonna be pretty severely reprimanded, if not loses license, because this is China. Yeah, I, I I don't know the the outcome. This was just the 
the investigative report, I don't know the outcome of any disciplinary action that, that may or may not have been taken. But it seems to me that if someone says go around four times, maybe you should go around. Yeah. And China doesn't really screw around with this thing, this kind of thing. So if they find wrongdoing, they're going to yank this guy's license and he, he's never going to fly again. Yeah. I, I I can't say that that would be a bad outcome. Yeah, uh, I guess. From my perspective. So it's, I didn't I mean, say it was bad. I just said that's the way it is. There you go. Shall we discuss something that I don't actually want to talk about, but just every time something like this happens, I feel like we have to talk about it, where somebody sees something on a plane, takes a picture of it, and they say something, and then it becomes a thing. And then it has a media life, and then we talk about it a week or two later and say, why was this a thing? Yep. So what what thing are we questioning? <laughs> what what happened now? You got to be more specific than this. Yeah. Do I? So there was an EasyJet flight where someone was sitting in a seat and took a picture of another person sitting in a seat, and that seat that the other person was sitting in did not have a seat back. And not meaning like a tray table, like half of the seat, oh, yeah, the, just part, the, the there, part that goes up and yeah. down that you put your back against. Was, there was, was just, no, no seat back. It wasn't there. There was a seat pan, like the seat seat part that where you put your butt, but there was no back where you put your, your back. And so this, the person took this picture and, and then it become, you know, easy jet had to, you know, respond and, and they didn't respond as best they could have. You know, because somebody posted it to Twitter and, and they're, you know, everyone's off to the races. It turns out that what happened was the, the seat was inoperative. The woman was sitting there waiting to be moved to a, another seat and she was just kind of parked there to let people continue to board the aircraft before she could be reseated in, in a different seat further up the plane and, and not, you know, make like a salmon and try and get up to the front of the plane during boarding. And of course, EasyJet was operating the flight, you know, without anyone sitting in the seat. And so there, there was no problem there. The seat was inoperative and no one was sitting in it. So it was no problem. But uh, of course, it became a thing. Yeah. Well, I thought I had read that that was her assigned seat, but they were having those passengers moved because there were other seats on board. I thought I had read that. Yeah. And that, that very well may have been, but it, it, she wasn't get, you know, getting ready to sit there. You know, she didn't have her bag stowed. She didn't, wasn't buckling up the seatbelt. This wasn't like a, oh no, we have no, to. She, she was find most her. definitely poised to, to move. Right. She was, you know, looking ready to, to move up once people had put their bags in. Yeah. And but like in that. the future, EasyJet may want to put like an inoperative sign or like do not sit on tape across these seats or uh, at the very least, never, ever, ever ask somebody to please delete a picture from social media because that, that's just not going to work. It's not how yeah, that works. I mean, and airlines, I think by now airlines should be no stranger to the Streisand effect. Yeah. If, if you call for someone to undo something they've did, they, they're only going to do it twice as hard. Right. I mean, and and so – why even bother with that? Like that, that happens a lot. I feel like with airlines, where it's like, well, take the picture. No, no one's gonna. No, no well, one's once gonna something's do that. on the internet, it's never not on the internet again. It's always there forever until the end of time. 
I, I get it sometimes when people will post their like boarding pass or something like that or you know a, a picture of something where they have personally identifying information or or it has their PNR on it and and you certainly don't want that around. So so if if you've ever, you know, like taken a picture of your boarding pass or something like that, don't do that. Don't post that on the internet because if someone has your your confirm your PNR, your your confirmation code, they can administer your trip. Which yes, I don't think all you, you need is a PNR and pretty much your last name in most yeah, airlines, I mean, and I can go on the website and cancel your flight and add some change fees, perhaps reroute you through um, Ice Kong, Alaska, whatever. Only in the winter, though. Yeah, it's yeah, nice winter destination, but yeah, ne- never do that. Yeah. Other than that, I, I just don't see things, you know, being aided by saying please take the picture down. Or not even – I don't even know if they said please, but the whole thing was blown way out of proportion. And so here we sit complaining about it two weeks later. But I think, you know, lessons learned. Every time something this like this happens, we have new lessons to learn. Yep. That's all I got to say about that. <laughs> Shall we take a quick break and come back and talk about more stuff? Yes, yeah, stuff and junk. Stuff and junk. Let's do it. We'll be right back after a quick break. Welcome back. After a quick break, we are ready to continue to talk about stuff and junk, as Jason so eloquently put it. With an emphasis on stuff. There you go. So one of the things that we didn't mention in our mini max update was the news out of Southwest Airlines today, which is kind of sort of news. I don't buy it. Well, here's the thing. So What Southwest is proposing to its cabin crew, as far as an amended contract is concerned, is the ability to operate other aircraft other than the 737. And so the the theory goes is that no one's happy with the 737 MAX 7. So what they would do is they would convert those orders. It's it's like we're playing 90 checkers. They would convert the 737 MAX orders to 737 MAX 7 orders to MAX 8 orders and then buy a smaller aircraft likely staying with Boeing, which means that they would buy the E-2s to have a a leaner single-aisle aircraft. still be crazy to see. You say you uh, don't buy it. Yeah, I mean, I don't buy it at Southwest, and I think they're just covering their bases with this contract modification in case, you know, one day the FAA says, sorry, folks, the MAX is really messed up and it's never going to fly again. They'll have at least one of their bases covered. Yeah, I mean, it, I think it was Ned Russell who pointed out that United did something very similar in their contract negotiations years ago and then never acted on the particular yeah, clause. It, it's just to smart. So, you never want to have restrictions like that in your, your contracts. Well, I, I mean, you know, Southwest has been, I mean, it, the world's largest 737 customer, they've got, you know, 750 of them. That's a lot of planes to, yep. I mean, eventually replace. I mean, forget even talking about you know, the existing orders, the existing deliveries, but I mean, eventually that's going to be, I mean, and Southwest works their planes hard they do but what you're alluding to is that one day in the future 
there will no longer be a 737 production line. They they will have moved on to whatever comes next because they cannot in good conscience keep making these damn things and they can't keep stretching them until the end of time. So eventually Southwest is going to have to do something new. Everyone will. Maybe they're just really ahead of the curve here. Northeast Airlines coming soon. Wait. No. No. So yeah, no, it, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens there, if anything. But I guess it shows that they're they're starting to think a little bit more into the future. Yes. So here's something else that I don't quite buy. Brandenburg Airport is now saying that they will be finished with construction this year and operational in 2020. Mm, there's a bridge nearby I'd like to sell you as well. <laughs> Jason, w- w- For those who aren't familiar with this particular construction project, let's say, can you provide perhaps the Cliff's Notes versions of of what Brandenburg is? It broken. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. uh, Berlin's new – well, if it opened on time, you wouldn't even be calling it a new airport at this point because it would be beyond its new honeymoon period. But it is the – Airport that was supposed to consolidate operations at in uh, Berlin closed down the the Soviet era old nasty airports they have there because um, they are way over capacity and way under furnished. I guess I, they're just not good airports. They they don't work at this point. Um, but Germany kind of or Berlin over engineered their new airport Brandenburg the BER and they put the brakes on literally days or hours before the airport was supposed to be open because the damn thing was just outright fundamentally broken the fire suppression system did not work because it they tried making smoke go down which is just kind of crazy the electrical system was shot they couldn't turn lights off it was just the whole thing was a mess um but it has been years and years and years, and every time they say, okay, it will open uh, uh, probably, you know, in January 2017 or whatever, and it keeps getting pushed back farther and farther and farther into the future, the point where the, the question has become, do we just knock it down and start over and try again, or do we just live with the crappy airports we have now? And nobody really knows. And if they say it's supposed to be finished this year, I don't believe them. And they don't even have a home airline anymore because in the time between that airport was supposed to open and when it may actually open, Air Berlin went out of business. So there you go. Yeah, there there something Brandon goes. Brandenburg in a nutshell. Yes, the, the BER, the airport that was built for an airline that no longer exists. Originally constructed, or construction began in 2006 – it was supposed it's to open now in 2019 for those of you that need a refresher. Open in 2011. Yeah. That didn't happen. Then it was supposed to open this year, then that got pushed back to next year. And and so with the latest report, it is still scheduled to open next year. This falls into the I will believe it when I see it category. And even I, then, I might not believe it. I might, I, I might be flying into the airport, and I might still not believe that it's open. Yeah, good luck, Berlin. German efficiency is a myth; doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> at least, at least not in this particular. Yeah, context. at least not in Berlin. Let's see what else happened in the past couple of weeks. Things that have taken a very, 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 very long time. The Republic order of, I think it was 9,000 or something like that. 
better round up and make it an even 10,000. Yeah, just to be 10, safe. 10,000 A220s A- is officially stricken from the record. I, this it wasn't was never even the happen. Republic that you know of in its current incarnation, was it? Uh, I, I wasn't this back when like Republic owned Frontier or or something. Or something. Um, I, I don't even know what the genesis of this order was. I just know that it had been around forever and no one ever took it seriously. Kind of like the uh you know, the the new, new, new Eastern ordering MRJs like, come on. It's not gonna happen. Or was it was it this incarnation of the new 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 Eastern or is it the, the last incarnation of the Oh the last one, I think. The last one because the, the, the current one, one is just it's um, just dynamic airways with new yeah, paint. Dynamic right? bought the branding and currently was, has a bunch of Eastern. What was dynamic planes. before it was dy- it was something Extra else? Airways? No. I don't uh, something. Matter. The moral of the story is that that's it's just branding now, but that's done. Finished. We don't have to to pretend it exists anymore. It was never going to happen, and now it really won't happen. So let's stop talking about it. There you go. Things that are happening, British Airways put their A350 into service, and Virgin Atlantic took delivery of theirs. Yes. So BA, as it uh, typically does with new aircraft, as I guess a lot all the European airlines do this, is they're doing proving runs or not proving runs, but they're kind of breaking in these aircraft by flying Familiarization it. flights. Familiarization. That's a tricky word to say. It uh, is. Between London Heathrow and Madrid, which yes, is pretty cool. Madrid. So if you are flying between London and Madrid, you might find yourself on a BA A350-1000, which is pretty cool. And they've only broken it or, or almost broken it once, I guess. They had a um, go around at Heathrow due to some approach spacing issues. And apparently they had a flap overspeed violation. So they had to do some close inspections on the aircraft and it was back in service a day later. But uh, it's... Not great to have your brand new aircraft taken out of service immediately, but hey, it's trial by fire. That's good thing they figured that out now. They're they're getting it out of the way, and then they'll be all all set and ready to go. Right, so that is back up and running again. And I think the, the first destination for that aircraft is what uh, Toronto in a couple in, in like November or something. It's it's coming up, and then and then I think Dubai gets a crack at it. Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, yeah. Virgin. They also, at the very same airport, have their first A350 as well. And what's it called? Did they move it over to Heathrow? I don't know, but it's going to go to Heathrow eventually, isn't it? Or is it a Gatwick aircraft? Well, it's a Heathrow aircraft, but it's at Gatwick because that's where the, the tech Ah, so uh, we'll eventually is. get to, to uh, they'll, Heathrow. They'll just and, drive and it over. Then, yeah, I mean, we'll end up having a, a picture on Jet Photos eventually of a, a BA-350-1000 next to a, a Virgin-350-1000, and I'm ooh, sure words will be said. That'll look, that'll look nice. Yes, but they both, both feature um, each respective airline's brand new best-in-class best products, which is cool and new and exciting, and I'm looking forward to hopefully flying one of the two, because I'm pretty sure Virgin is flying every one of its A350s to JFK on the same day at some point in the schedule. Well, that'll be fun. Yeah, it's their it's their A three forty six hundred replacement, and we get a lot of those here. Yeah, yeah, and and they're going away quickly. Yeah, if you're a passenger, you you probably cannot wait because those things stink on the inside. But if you're an Av geek or or John Walton, you're very upset about it. Yes, and and so that's uh, I'm I'm actually trying my very best to get on a Lufthansa A three forty six hundred later this fall. 
I shall see if I am successful. It's one yes, of those things where I don't have any bad options for this particular trip coming up. It, it's A340-600, A350, or 747-8. Where are you going and why am I not going? I can't tell you yet, but if the trip works out, it will be very interesting. Suspicious, but yes, if you do end up on the Lufthansa 346, make sure you check out that uh, lower level restroom area. Yes, I am excited to to investigate the the downstairs lavatories. Yes. But they got their planes, they're new, they're exciting, they have pretty paint, and you could be flying on one soon. It could be you. It could be you. But there's also an old plane that if you have a lot of money, How much you money? could fly on too. I don't want to you know, speak out of turn, but if you have to ask. Oh. <laughs> so the one of the former Japan Air Self-Defense Force... 747s, the Japanese Air Force One, is for sale. It is currently priced at $28 million. I don't know if there's an or best offer clause in that pricing, but it uh, it has low mileage on it, and uh, it's decked out for 85 passengers. Wow, uh, that so is expensive. That is uh, 2.9 billion yen, by the way. Um, that's good to know. So if you got that lying around and you want a uh, low mileage yet fuel inefficient but decked out 747, Ian at fr24.com. <laughs> please, please, please. I wonder what a commission, you know, is, is a standard, you know, couple percent know, or ten, something. 10% of 2.9 billion yen. Well, fair enough. <laughs> I can't do that but, math right now. I mean, here's the thing though. It's like who... I always wonder about these things, like the used hey, VVIP find a place. What was it? The the Dubai Airwing 748 found it. Wasn't it like gifted to like Morocco oh, that or something? The, that was the – was that the – there was the Dubai one. Then there was the one from Qatar that went to Turkey. Turkey. But I'm pretty sure the Dubai yeah, one there went was to Morocco Dubai or something one, nuts. Yeah, like, yeah. And then there was one that was an SP – that was from Bahrain, Bahrain I think. Bahrain. That went to somebody. Bahrain. Yeah. But I'm always interested in, you know, who's spending, I, I guess, when money doesn't matter. But if money doesn't matter, why not buy, like, what is the thought process in well, that? Mexico really bought a, a brand new 788 until the government said, actually, we don't want it anymore. Um, mm-hmm. Where is that airplane now? It's it, last I checked, it was parked in the desert. Actually, it's probably parked next to the the, the Japanese 747 <laughs> at the same place. But my question about this is the thought process behind, you know, I have enough money to spend a ton of money maintaining an older 747-400 that's fuel inefficient, that is this huge machine. But I don't want to buy – I want to buy used to save money. Somebody might want to make a statement. Like, what, I also wonder what's going to happen to the two Air Force One VC 25s that are in service now? Because they'll be retired eventually, um, but they are certainly not low mileage aircraft. No, and, um, and they'll go, you know, they'll go into, but well, they're not, they're not necessarily low mileage, but they are probably low cycle. Low cycle, maybe, but what, I wonder what happens to them. I, 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 I would I assume they, they go into a museum. museum. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume I assume one goes into the Smithsonian or or something, and then one ends up somewhere else. Hmm. Maybe it could be yours. Well, they turn. Maybe it'll go to the Evergreen Museum, and they can uh, turn that one into a water slide too. 
I think more 747s as water slides. I, I'm, I don't think anyone would say anything against that. Nope. So if anyone has a problem with turning a 747 into a water slide, please email us at podcast.fr24.com. I would love to hear why you're against it. I don't want to hear from someone that crazy. <laughs> don't email us. Don't even open your mouth. If you, if, you're th- if you don't want a 747 water slide, we don't want to hear from you. Just delete the podcast. Oh, don't, don't tell people to do that. Oh, come on. We don't want to talk to anyone that unfun. All right. Speaking of fun. Ah. Transitions. Ah, see, see the transition yeah. there? Totally, totally meant it. So speaking of fun, we've got the combined Cranky Dork Fest and Spot NYC Aviation Spot LAX event coming up the first weekend of, of September, the, the 7th of Saturday, September 7th. So that's coming up. If you're coming out to LA this year, Jason and I will both be there. Yes, I in will the same be place. there. Uh, yeah, at in the same the, place at the same time. At perhaps the same time. I don't. I don't arrive until uh, a little after one o'clock. Hopefully, if my flight's on time, fingers crossed. So, but so yeah, Jason very... will get there for a late lunch. But it, the the event's scheduled from eleven to one. But no one ever leaves at one. Right, right. But this year, Cranky's doing all. He pulled out all the stops this year, didn't he? Yeah, there, there's going to be. You had to get on top of this much earlier, and unfortunately, my flight will get in after this particular event. But there will be an airfield tour for uh, I think it's up to a hundred people now, early in the morning before the the event, which takes place at the park next to the In and Out restaurant near LAX. So definitely something to to look forward to if if you can make it. I know a few listeners were there last year. I've don't have the gentleman's name pulled up in front of me, but someone from South Africa who listens to the podcast was in Los Angeles and, and when we mentioned it in last year's podcast, decided that, that he would come down. So if he's in Los Angeles again, we'll hope to see him again and hope to see more than a few listeners and, and folks who are interested in aviation and good food to also be around. So and those we'll, we'll who enjoy 747 water slides. There you go. Ooh, now, now that would be something. Yeah. So uh, Jason's going to go uh, Google whether or not we can find some sort of inflatable 747 water slide. I'm on Amazon right now. Maybe maybe we'll have that delivered specifically for the event. We'll probably have to find a hose or something to, to hook it up there, but we'll do our best. So that's coming up on the 7th of September. So hopefully we'll, we'll see folks out there. It was a really good time last year and I'm looking forward to it. Uh, it sounds like it's going to be even even busier this year. Yep. Very much looking forward to it. So that will be our six hours of vacation, kind of, sort of. Yeah, or something. But until then, we've got one more episode. And in the next episode, we'll get to tell you about something that we're both doing that will not be in the next episode, but will be in the episode after that. And that's going to be a lot of fun too. So we'll tell you about that more next episode. But until then, this has been episode 64 of AvTalk. If you enjoy what you're listening to, if you enjoy hearing Jason and I chat about planes and 747 water slides and and random things like that. We would love it if you would leave us a review or, uh, you know, go on iTunes and leave a rating or something like that. Wherever you listen to podcasts, it helps people find the podcast so they can also hear about 747 water slides and things like Ice Kong Alaska. 
So we would really appreciate that if you like what you're hearing. If you don't like what you're hearing, go ahead and let us know what you don't like, and we'll try and find something that you do like. Until then, I am Ian Pechnik, here as always with... Jason Rabinowitz, and thank you for listening, and hopefully see you at LAX.